Hello and welcome to TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And you won't believe this. <laughs> We've moved the microphones into yet another different position. At some fucking stage, we are going to be doing this show and I'm going to be hanging off the roof like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, trying to speak into the microphone because you'll have decided that is the best angle. I honestly... Did they not come with instructions? Was there not an instruction book that said speak into this bit with like an arrow? Maybe like they'd done a cartoon mouth and like the cartoon mouth had lines coming out of it and the lines were going into a specific part of the microphone that might demonstrate which one we were meant to talk into? You know, I actually looked for those instructions. Yeah. But I think it's it's when they're writing the instruction book, they're like, surely every fucking idiot knows how to talk into a microphone. Yeah, well, maybe they just looked at these things and went, well, there's two sides, so they could speak into either of the one, two sides or directly into the top. That's your only real options. We seem to have explored a lot of those <laughs> options, and every week we seem to be doing something different. It's a Kama Sutra of microphone positions. But it's not really. We're just doing the same three positions <laughs> so it's, over and over again so it's the, and not settling on whether we like any of them. So it's the married couple sex life mm. of microphone positions. Yeah, we're trying to pretend they're different, but they're not. They're the same three moves. Yeah, but I, I He think, hasn't learned anything in the last eight years, and you know what? If he had, you'd get a little bit suspicious about where he picked it up. So it is a, it is a lose-lose situation. You're the one. How your partner fucks... When you get married is how they fuck forever unless the two of you go on a journey together. So There is no independent learning that has been brought in there that hasn't been picked up somewhere they shouldn't have picked it up. So you can't learn, you can't learn it just off a book? No, maybe off the book. Maybe off the internet. Or maybe you go, this is something. But even oh, yeah, then, the you still have to say, I was on the internet and I was looking at this thing and, you know. It sounds dodgy. Yeah, it sounds a bit dodgy, I would have thought. I guess so. Um, oh, I just burped. <laughs> I'll cut that bit. Uh, I, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I've learnt things from porn and, you know, I've had girlfriends who've learnt things from porn and have been quite happy to tell each other. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I remember because I had older sisters who had Cleo. Yeah. That's how I learnt about, you know, vagina anatomy because right. they would often have articles about where your G-spot is. And you know Cleo's is. not porn, right? I was for a 12-year-old boy yeah. in a Catholic <laughs> yeah. household. Yeah, but you have realised there's other porn since then, right? You're not sitting at home with a computer looking up the Cleo and Cosmo, <laughs> the Dear Dolly letters, because you think that's actually what porn is. I probably have masturbated to like a Grey's Anatomy or something. Really? Like 11 or 12, yeah. The technical stuff got you off. Well, my, my father was a dentist, so he had a lot yeah. of medical books in the house. <laughs> my father was a dentist. So he had a lot of books that had naked people just lying around. He did as Pictures well. of vaginas he and did. stuff. He did. I mean, he in case like, that's the only way you can do a root canal, he, through the vagina, up through the mouth, remove it. He was also a, a photographer, so we had a lot of kind of like, like nude you know, and that is porn for like a like a ten year old. Like you yeah. don't need a Playboy or a penthouse no. or anything like that. Like when you're ten years old, you see any boobs, you're like, "This is the greatest shit." Yeah, that's right. You're excited by National Geographic. You're stuff. excited by drawings of boobs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Not you, not in the way you are as an adult, where it's comical, but in the way you are as a kid, where you just go, "Oh, I'd like to boobs. Be, I'd like to be in those." <laughs> I remember uh, there was a primary school uh, near where I grew up um, that used to have like, you know, bake sales or something once a month and they'd have like a little fate in the, mm -hmm. and in the, the Tanbark play area, they had um, these big portraits of like Mickey Mouse, you know, Donald Duck, Bugs Bunny, like cartoon characters, yeah. but on these big kind of painted sort of um, boards. And I remember like at the age of four or five, like looking at the Mickey one and then getting a pen and drawing a huge dick <laughs> coming out of the Mickey. 
And as I was drawing it, this girl came up, this uh, older girl, like 10-year-old girl, and she said, oh, I'm going to dob on you. And so she um, went over and started to tell, like, you know, the priest or whoever was running the bake sale that I'd drawn this dick. And I fucking went into, like, this hysterical fit, crying and screaming, like, just had a tantrum. And, like, you know, my mum had to come over and, you know, take me away and stuff. And everyone, no one knew what, you know, what had happened where I'd been stung by a bee. But it was just my desperate attempt to be not to be humiliated. Like... <laughs> It was just, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get busted. So I just went into a fucking crazy fit. A lot of people don't know that, but that's how Banksy gets away with most of his stuff. (laughs) If the cops ever catch him defacing property, he just pretends to have a fit or that he's been stung by a bee and they let him go. That's been the secret of his success. It's a shame you lose that as an adult. Like I think, well, maybe some adults don't lose that. Some adults do just spaz out as a way of getting away, you know. Oh, people will cry too. Like people, like you know, if you're at the airport, girls get a speeding or, ticket. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. They like, will bung it on. That, yeah, that's not just a stereotype. That is fact. Yeah. Well, why not use it if it's a if it's a if you have something that can be used, why not use it? If if I thought I would get out of a speeding ticket because I cried, I would have no problem. I mean, I have no problem crying. Yeah. I could just have like the audio book of the notebook in my CD player at all times in my car. And if a cop pulled me over, play. I just push him play. Hear three, four, four lines of that butter. Suddenly I'm sobbing away. The officer lets me off with a warning. Do you think any guy has been let off for crying when a policeman's pulled him over? No, I wouldn't have thought so. What you, yeah. I reckon they'd bung on an extra couple of bucks. <laughs> you make, Most cops. You make me sick. Yeah. Get out of the car. I'm going to shoot you. Get out and do 20 push-ups. <laughs> You're not a man. There are times, though, when you are tempted to cry, like as an adult. You almost cried today. I did almost cry today. Yeah. Uh, there was a tape recording I'd made of a, a trial show I did uh, for my tour. And uh, it had been a really good night and like I'd improved a couple of really kind of things that felt like almost fully formed routines and, and I was pretty happy with it. So that was like a couple of months ago and I've had this tape recording of this night, but I decided that I wouldn't um, listen to it until I was getting towards doing my new show so that I didn't kind of go, well, I've got all this awesome stuff. I won't you know, yeah, keep yeah. exploring ideas. Yeah. So I went away for two months and I kept writing all this other stuff. And then I've got, like, well, I've got all this stuff. And then to put the icing on the cake, I've got these couple of you know, cool routines that I'm going to be able to put uh, into the show. And I went to play it on the tape recorder and I checked it like last week. Yeah. It's been there for two months. I checked it last week. It was still fine. I recorded something else. It was all, you know, it was all there. It was all great. And the lady who cleans the, this apartment, she was here today. Yeah. So a week ago, you had your routine on your digital recorder. And then the day the cleaner arrives, yeah. it goes missing. Well, do, are do, you, do you think that she's come in? And she's like a real, because she's a really good cleaner. Do you think she comes in and just her, like, she every week she takes some sort of like, um, I'm an illegal Mexican living in this country, you know, uh, legal alien revenge, you know, like, just, well, maybe she's such a thorough cleaner. She just cleans the sound files off. Your oh, head. everything gets cleaned. Yeah. It's like when you come call- in, all the CDs are wiped. Everything's yeah. gone from the computer. It's, it's like calling Mr. Wolf in Pulp Fiction. She turns up in a tuxedo. It's like, if I'm short with you, Will, it's because I don't have much time. Um, I love that. I love the idea. Maybe she was just pretending she didn't speak English. Yeah. That's all part of her. She just comes in and cleans things up. And if we'd had a, you know, a body of a dead hooker here or something like yeah. that, that would have been fine. Exactly. No problems. Yeah. I'll get rid of this incriminating record. Like, she probably had to listen to, the ta- like, to my tape recorder and went, what? Why is he talking about a man being sucked off by a dog? <laughs> 
this is this is incomprehensible. Uh, no one's going to need this bullshit. Yeah. Wipe this, clean this. Either that, or you'll be at like the improv, and you'll see like a Mexican woman doing a tight twenty <laughs> <laughs> about a rugby league player and a dog, and you'll be like, oh, that "Sounds familiar." Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my what's the deal with the, the way Americans order in restaurants bit. It'd be great if she didn't change anything about your act. She just got up and did it. And she's like, uh, as many of you know, I'm the host of the Gruen Transfer. And uh, <laughs> starts telling some Gruen anecdotes. Yeah. It's like... Because that's what I do in my shows. Yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> what, what like, quite when often I'm... in my stand-up shows, I just <laughs> announce to people that I host another show and then just start telling anecdotes from the show. Like a fireside chat. Uh, so as you guys uh, might know, I'm the host of the Gruen Transfer. Round of applause. <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs> Holds for applause. Uh, we won the AFI Award for uh, Best Light Entertainment this year. Holds for another round of applause. Are you actually saying... So, any questions? Like, people are saying, why does he keep saying holds for applause? Does he know people can hear him? <laughs> why is he saying that out aloud? I, I would just be doing... I'm Will Anderson, holds for applause. <laughs> you should say that in your show. Whenever you think there should be applause in your show, I want yeah. you to end the sentence with holds for applause. Holds for applause. <laughs> uh, I, did, I have seen somebody do the whole, I mean, I think it's a bit of an old gag, but it's a good gag, um, where they come out to a room, uh, you know, where like in the room people are really just barely clapping and they come out with the whole, no, please sit down, sit yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's not the world's greatest joke, but it's amusing. It's fun. I like those little jokes. I always like when you're watching a talk show and, um, uh, you know, they're interviewing Matt Damon and, he's, and he talks about like an old film he did. Oh, you know, I was in a film called Good Will Hunting and the audience go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he gives like a quick nod. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. Thank you for respecting that. Yeah, thank you. I saw um, Artie Lang on Letterman or something getting interviewed and uh, he said, yeah, I was in a film with Norm Macdonald called Dirty Work and there's <laughs> dead silence and he's still gone, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing with uh, comedy yeah, comedy you. in America is that um, there's a lot of sort of declarations and then people applaud. So, like, people, like, in their act will just stop down and say I'm things like... a black like, woman. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. I'm a single mother. Woo! Yeah. I just got divorced. Woo! I stabbed a guy three times and spent nine years in prison. Woo! Yeah. You know, and but there is, there's a lot of that and people are really... You know, supportive. You should just get out and say, I hold for applause. Woo! <laughs> is, that enough? is that a strong enough declaration? Will Anderson, I hold for applause. That's going to be your autobiography. Will Anderson holds for applause. Yeah. That's actually not a bad day. It is good, isn't it? Yeah. Holds for applause. Yeah. Maybe we should do a, uh, like an entertainment podcast called Holds for Applause. Holds for applause. Yeah. Uh, my friend, uh, our friend, Justin Hamilton has a new podcast and it's called uh, Can You Take This Photo, Please? And that comes from, it, it was his always st- standard joke that he, um, everywhere he goes, he always gets asked by people, can you take this photo, please? Because he's got a couple of mates who've like, you know, just been a bit more noticeable on the tally or whatever. Yeah. And he, he said, it, it, so that he said that he was going to write a book called Can You Take This Photo, Please? The story of a man who was always there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun. I know when um, uh, Tell Them Steve Dave, one of the Smod podcasts, when um, the first couple of episodes they talked about, you know, what they wanted to name the show, 
because Brian didn't want it to be called Tell Him Steve Dave because he thought it was too closely associated with Kevin Smith and wanted you know didn't want to sort of be seen to riding on his coattails. And so another title he had for the show was Tales from the Coat, <laughs> which I thought was like, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. it's a play on words. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> I don't know why I needed to add that. Um, for anyone that you needed to add that there was a play on words... They probably don't understand the expression play on words. Yeah. So you have not clarified it any further. <laughs> or coattails. <laughs> um, I wanted to tell you uh, about um, something. We watched uh, The Muppets the other night on MasterChef, was it? Or Top Chef Masters? Top Chef. Top Chef, right. Yep. Top Chef All Stars. Yeah. And yep. they, uh, not to be confused with Top Chef Masters. Yeah, I'm Wayne the Dark. And regular Top Chef. Top Chef. You're a real like, sh- like chef show shunky. <laughs> I am my favorite. Uh, my favorite ever ever show is Top Chef. Yeah, right. And all its various ever arms. Yep, I love Top Your Chef favorite more show, than any other program that's ever gone to air. Yeah, is Top Chef. I love it. I love it so hard. My second favorite would be Lost. There was an episode of Top Chef wow. where they fed the writers and producers of Lost. I honestly like even now thinking about that. Get it? I get a little hard. A little hard. That <laughs> I just love Top Chef so hard. I every day when there's a new episode to download, it's the first thing I download, and then I just make an excuse to find an hour to watch that show. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I, I ordered recipe books the other day. Do you cook by you one of the guys that I love from Top Chef? And don't, I don't cook. You don't cook. Yeah, it's no. weird. It's weird. You're like, yeah, you're weird. <laughs> I am weird. I watch porn and I haven't had sex like in a year or whatever. So like you know, I don't have to. You know, cook to It's kind know, of like, enjoy. you know what it's like? You are filling your mind with everything. Like you're filling your mind with sex and cooking and all this and sport and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So you're actually, you know what? You're creating the organic matrix. In yeah, Your totally. head <laughs> is the perfect world. Yeah. And I don't have to go out of the house. And you don't have to go out of the house. I don't have to put on pants. The organic matrix. You're yeah, I creating know. the organic matrix. If we can just make this the thing that pays my bills. Yeah. <laughs> That would be brilliant because then I would never literally ever again have to leave my house. We could just record this at my house. You could come around to record it. I could just live at home. And just absorb information and, and never put it into practice. And just absorb information. <laughs> Which you never put into practice. To be a repository of all knowledge. Totally. That's yeah. a great idea. If we yeah. could somehow just say we, there's a way that we could train your brain to mm. become like the biggest hard drive on the world, like bigger than yeah. all the, the computers. Mega memory. Mega memory. Yeah, the mega memory system. And we just got everyone to deliver all it's the only information eight cassettes or something. to you. We could probably get a sponsorship for that. Definitely. Mega brain. Yeah. And, and the mega brain project. And the way you pay it off is you have to sit in a glass case in a shopping center three days a week. Yeah. Just sitting there like absorbing information and people come up and ask you things and you tell them the answer. That's, that's kind of how... You know, you, or could you, it be some sort of social experiment? Right, okay. Because like, I'm probably not going to get to be the smartest person in the world even if I spend all of my time absorbing information at this late stage in my life. I would have had to start earlier than this okay. and be smarter probably. Yeah. But I could do one of those Super Size Me style documentaries. You know, when someone takes on a task yeah. and tries to... So I could do a thing where, you know, because they say that like smoking weed you know, makes you more, more stupid. Yeah. Right? That's like a, a common thing they say. You shouldn't smoke weed. It, it, it takes away your intelligence. I could do an experiment where I like smoked weed, but with the rest of the time when I wasn't smoking weed, I just learnt shit. And they could like, you know, study. Yeah. What, if you're you know, actually absorbing the How far I was going forward. Yeah. And, and like, you know, maybe I could get smarter than everybody, but was still smoking weed, or maybe it would like erase the things that I was learning. Did they, did, did they say it makes you dumber? 
it, I don't know if it makes you dumber. It's just like it takes your motivation. No, no, they say it makes you more forgetful. Yeah. Which makes you dumber because you're not remembering things. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure like... Uh, Although, ironically, they say it's really good for Alzheimer's people. So... Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And not in some hilarious, you know, jokey, they get stoned and they forget they have Alzheimer's <laughs> way, but like in a genuine... Oh, it, sorry, it you mean the funny Alzheimer's? <laughs> yeah, like you know, that, it's not, not some sort of wacky, uh, what's with the guy who had Alzheimer's? He forgot he had it and cured himself. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> not that... Like genuinely, I, uh, uh, yeah, a breakthrough in medicine. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Oh, MasterChef. Muppets. Right. Muppets. So the the Muppets were on top Yeah, the, the Muppets. And it reminded me, I don't think I've talked about this before, but I was way... The Cookie Monster was judging Top yeah, Chef. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Cookie Monster that is a sock on a man's hand. Yeah, they did it. Was judging taste. a Elmo food competition. Elmo Cookie Monster yep. and... That other guy. And the other guy, I did not know. He's purple. He's got like a, he's got a pip-shaped head. Yeah. Purple, like a little tuft of orange hair. It was honestly like, you know when you used to watch the Travelling Wilburys? Yeah. And you recognise everyone but that one guy? Yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. Yeah. And so the three Muppets judged the cooking competition, taste test. Yeah. How do you reckon they did that? They actually fed it to the puppeteers? Yeah, they would have fed it to the puppeteers. They didn't just have like independent three other people just come in and say, that's this one? No, puppeteers. Okay. I'm going to say puppeteers. But some of those puppets required two people to work them. Gave so, them both. And then they, they told it over. And they come up with one decision. Yeah. What if they don't agree? Well, they do. They, they work in tandem. <laughs> like if, if two guys... Who can work a puppet. Can work a puppet together in perfect motion and perfect coordination and make it seem almost human. I'm sure they can decide. I think they can come to a fucking agreement not. about what cookie they like the best on Top Chef. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was uh, I wanted to be a puppeteer. Hmm. When I was uh, what? a kid. A uh, was this before the ghost busting? Or this is after? post ghost, ghost busting. Okay. So, so you, I had a collect- You put away your ghost busting dream yeah, and right. moved on to puppets. I put it on hold. I wanted to entertain Will. But I remember distinctly, I had like, tw- I had like 20 sock puppets, but like elaborate sock puppets, like, you know, what? Muppet style puppets. You could move their arms and all that kind of shit. And what I used to, st- what I started off doing would. It's I like would- the original version of Facebook. That's what you had. What do you mean? 20 imaginary friends. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I would—they weren't my friends. I was like, oh, I, I was using them to entertain people, and what I would oh, do. Right, so you were like Jim Rose, and they were your freak show circus. Sort of, I guess. I mean, I was—I'd like to think I was more like Orson Welles, and mm. they were the cast of Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would do things like I'd hold concerts in the living room where I'd—I'd I'd put on like a like thriller, and then just make the puppets come up and lip sync, and make my family come in and watch like the puppets lip sync. But I remember. Um, I, I told my teacher, because, you know, when you're in grade three or whatever, they ask what you want to do. I said, I want to be a puppeteer. Yeah. And she thought it was such a cute idea. She said, well, why don't you bring your puppets in and we'll do it and can do a show for Aww. the kids. So my dad... Do you like, think she did actually think it was cute or do you think when you're a primary school teacher occasionally you need an opportunity to have a few laughs? Yeah. <laughs> Probably both. Yeah. So I, uh, my dad built a, uh, a puppeteer a puppeteer studio. What do you call it? Puppet theater? Puppet theater. A puppet theater. Out of like an old fridge box. Which is essentially it. And cut the, you know, like a, a hole out the middle. And I went in and did this mime thing to, you know, Michael Jackson or whatever it was. And at the end, like I came out expecting to like have roses thrown upon yeah. me and stuff and be voted most popular kid in school. Totally. Turns out puppeteers aren't too popular in schools. Is that right? Yeah. I thought the other kids would have actually been impressed by that. No, they weren't at all. They thought it was kind of lame. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't get it. Was everyone... it kind of lame? Or was it good, do you think? Well, if an eight-year-old came out in a fridge box yeah. and made two sock puppets lip-sync to Thriller, 
would you think that was impressive? <laughs> I would call docs. <laughs> I would ask some serious questions about what was going on in his home life <laughs> and what he was actually covering up with, by hiding in a box and using puppets to communicate. That sounds like something that they do, like, you know, sh- showing where you touched him on the doll. Like, it's, it seems like it is, there's some sort of more deep-seated you, thing there. You know that that's the plot of the new Mel Gibson film, the one Jodie Foster's directed. Um, I think it's called Beaver. <laughs> you know about this? Uh, like, I knew that he was doing a movie called Beaver. Has done it, yeah. And Jodie Foster directed it. Yeah. They're the two facts I know. Yeah. And it's about a guy who's having a like a midlife crisis or a mental breakdown, right? And he don't know only, how Mel will tap into that character. <laughs> and he can only communicate with like a, a beaver puppet on his hand. <clears throat> what do you think of that film <laughs> that you haven't seen? <laughs> like, you know what? I have a based on that, it will either be the worst movie ever made, or. And a surprise hit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If I don't think it'll be anywhere in the middle. I don't think it's going to be a surprise hit. I think it could only be like pleasantly surprising, moderate hit. I don't think. I think just because it's Mel Gibson, like it's hard. Like, you know, you don't want to like it because it's Mel Gibson, but uh, it's so weird. It might work. And Jodie Foster's kind of cool, isn't she? Well, she is cool. Still, yeah, I think so. We haven't we haven't written Jodie Foster off. No. No. Good. No, I would have thought that she still... And you, she always associated herself with reasonably quality projects. Yeah. So when you hear she's involved, you kind of go, well, that, that'd be all right. It must be hard to be friends with a massive asshole. Like, she's obviously friends with him. They've worked together yeah. you know, a lot and she quite likes him. I think she, I've even heard her come out and sort of, you know, defend him to an extent. Like, to an you extent. Know. But um, it must be tough. See, it's good to the Lesos. <laughs> I mean, he calls us Lesos, <laughs> but apart from that, he's pretty good at it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it must be hard to be friends with a massive asshole because, like, you know, when that person isn't famous, you know, it's okay. You don't have to have to defend them. But if you're friends with someone very famous and people know you're friends, then there is an expectation that, hey, tell us what's going on with this guy. How can you like him? Oh, totally, man. I mean, we won't go into any of the details because it would be unfair to, but I have a friend who is up on some, has been charged with a, a pretty serious crime, you know, if, if it was to be true. And I found that a really weird time to go through because he hasn't been convicted of anything and, and like, you don't know how to behave as a friend. Like, you know, yeah. I've reached out to him a couple of times to just say day and see if he was going all right because you don't want to prejudge someone. You yeah, never yeah. you never fucking know, right? Yeah. And, but, yeah, like, I mean, that's just someone that I, I, I know and like and, you know, would never in a million years, you know, think anything would. So I imagine... If you're Mel Gibson's mate and you're having great times with Mel and you've worked on a couple of movies together and you always have a great night because he's got a great sense of humour and you have some good laughs. and sometimes a prankster. You know what? Sometimes they get a little bawdy, but like most of the time he's actually just, he's not trying to fuck us because we're lesbians. So like we get on like a house on fire. Everything's cool. You know, I'm not Jewish. And then occasionally he goes out for a drive and blames everything on the Jews and calls people sugar tits tits. and tries to choke people and whatever. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Mal. But do you give them two strikes? Mal. Three strikes? Like, I mean, just depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. And how important they are to you and how, like, much of an excuse you can give someone. I mean, like, I mean, with fucking Fritzel. Yeah. Or someone like that. And Ivan Malat. You cut cut them off straight away. You don't send them Christmas cards. No. 
You don't feel like, oh, I can talk Ivan around. Yeah. Everything will be fine. It must be hard. Have you ever seen um, Capturing the Freedmans? That no. documentary? Oh, bugger. Can't talk about it then. Why? Well, it's a massive twist documentary. I don't care. I'm never going to say it. All right. Well, for people out there, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Catching the Freedmans is Okay, a- we should say spoiler a bit more, though, because like, sometimes when people say spoiler, spoiler on a podcast and then just launch into yeah. the thing that they're going to talk about, I have like my iPod or whatever in my pocket, yeah. or like I'm driving in and the car, and time. I actually can't get to it in time, so by the time- off. Yeah, but I don't want to fucking have a car accident just because some fuckwit on a podcast uh, decides to spoil the end of a movie. Yeah. So you're going to do that now, which is fine to me because I'm, I'm never going to see this film unless I'm really intrigued by this. Yeah. So either way, it's fine that I know what the twist is. But but people out there, you've now had ample time to pull, to pull your car out. over to get your headphones out of your And pocket. I would say if you're looking at the time code on the podcast, mm. it's probably going to be about five minutes for me to explain this. So if okay. you're fast-forwarding right. and you're hoping to get through it, mm. then give me at least five minutes. Yeah, or just pause this right now. Stop it down. It's fine. Don't tell people to stop it. No, stop it. Because, yeah. like, you know, on your whatever your machine is, right, yeah. it'll stop at this point. Yeah. Then, you know, you go online, you illegally download the movie, <laughs> you watch it, and you get right back to us. Okay, can we go? Yes. All right, so the, the, the film is a documentary. It started off, the director wanted to make a documentary about this New York clown, this guy who did kids' parties. Mm-hmm. But then when he started to get to know the guy, he found out this much more interest, interesting story underneath. And what it was was this guy's father um, was a well-respected you know, member of the community. I think he was like a high school science teacher or mm-hmm. something. And he had three sons and a wife. They all, you know, so classic sort of middle-class family. And the father was involved in like all extracurricular, extracurricular activities, you know, sport, all this kind of stuff. And was like, you know, really well trusted by the kids. Um, he got accused of, because he would have, he would run tutor groups in his home, in his basement. And he got accused by some kids of molesting them. Mm. And uh, the police came in, they sort of very haphazardly sort of investigated the crime. And, you know, the statements were kind of all over the place. Some of the kids, in, like intellects, were not of a you know, a high level. So it was a very murky kind of conviction. And so um, they lead you down this path thinking at first that, okay, you know, this guy's being wrongfully set up. They spend a good hour. And, you know, the the, the, the son who's, the, you know, the, the party clown is talking about, you know, how the injustice of it all. And then it starts to come out that it wasn't just the father, it was the son who's also molesting the kids, people making these accusations. And they get, and then you're like, well, this is ridiculous. Like how small-minded can this town be? Like they're targeting this family for whatever reason. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where, you know, they're interviewing the lawyer who was representing the father and the son who said like he was so sure that it was, it was a setup, and, you know, these guys weren't guilty. And then the father confesses right at the end that, yeah, he did it. It was all true. What? Yeah, and that's exactly what happens is that you, your sympathies are with this family for like the first hour because you're like, Oh my god! Like it's it's the worst investigation. It's almost like that um, the Mississippi Three or whatever those you know those three kids who listen to heavy metal. The way yeah, uh, Memphis, Memphis Three. Yeah. So it's like that. It's a similar kind of setup. But then they pull the rug out. The father's actually guilty. Like it was. It's so just, how, why did he confess? Um, I don't had he know. already? Was it like one of those was, Law and Order double jeopardy things where he? I think he was actually he got convicted. Oh, he got convicted and convi- and confessed in jail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the bizarre thing is because it does seem like you know. That's a weird twist at the end if you had no reason. Like yeah. even M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> what, and, done the, and you're just like, oh yeah, no, I did it though. Yeah. You're not taping right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where, because we're talking about, you know, like why would you abandon someone? Yeah. And the the son who the whole documentary started with, the, the eldest son who's the party clown, 
was saying, like, even when the evidence was presented back to him that your father confessed, you know, he said that he did it. He was just complete denial. Like, no, nope, that's my father. And then started talking about stuff that the father had done to him that was, like, acceptable part of, like, growing up. Like, you realise the whole time that he was completely delusional or in denial, massively in denial. That's such a, an amazing film. I know I've just told... Like, no, well, that's... I mean, I find that stunning because at least it hadn't manifest itself in any way in his job and life decision to become a clown <laughs> a that entertains clown. children at parties. Yeah. There's no way that wearing a mask while you're around children has in any way been influenced by the fact that your dad fiddled with you when you were a kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty stunning film. I think it was nominated for an Oscar or something. But it's like, yeah, it's a classic case of you just don't know anyone. Like even, you know, the wife had no idea. I mean, we've talked about this in previous mm. podcasts, but, you know, that, that shit can, it can happen like right under your nose and you either choose not to see it or, you know. Man, like, well, that's it. Like, what, Tiger Woods, like, fucked, what, a thousand people or whatever. And you, you've, you've got to either suspect something is going on or if you didn't suspect anything was going on, you just wake up one day and you're married to a fucking monster. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like this dude, he yesterday was playing with the kids in the backyard and teaching them golf. You're now looking at him and you're seeing like, you know. Daddy hookers and waitresses. and Yeah, like women yeah. that even Charlie Sheen would look at and go, yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I guess it happens all the time. Yeah, but- I think, I mean, I think everyone's in denial a little bit, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think the biggest mistake people make in life is thinking that everybody else has got their game together. Yeah. Because everybody is racked by fear and doubt and, and uncertainty, you know, like most of the time about everything that we do. Yeah. But we always assume for some reason... That everyone else gets it. That everybody else... Like, we're pretending, mm. you know, that, but, but we assume that we're the only ones that are pretending. Yeah. Everyone's fucking pretending. Mm. Like, everyone is fucking pretending, you know? Like, it's... But we don't realise that. And we don't realise that other people have problems or other people had bad things that happened to them or other people carry around baggage that they shouldn't or or whatever it is, you know? Well, I always always grew up thinking that my family was dysfunctional Mm. and strange and different and that everyone else's family was perfect. (laughs) And then when you start to get to know people a bit better and hear about their families, you're like, wow. So what is this family ideal that we all talk about and discuss? Like... Why can't gay people get married? Like, how could it be any worse than the hundreds of stories I've heard from friends of mine about bizarre fucking families? Like, not necessarily like abusive or dangerous or anything, but just weird families, you know, who don't get along or, you know, or, I just don't understand this ideal that we cherish that, you know, you know, John Howard was all, always on about family values and Australian families. It's like, what, what is that? Um, I did a gig with a guy uh, over in America um, and uh, I just met him and we started chatting and he knew some Australians and so we kind of got along well, right? His dad, he told me, his dad, while his mum was pregnant with, like, so his brother, had sex with his other brother's girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. So dad banged his own son's girlfriend... While mum was pregnant with another son. Wow. And they are still together. 
and gay people can't get married. Do <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. Like he went home for Thanksgiving. He went home to Thanksgiving to a family to sit around a table with a father, with a father who had fucked the son's girlfriend while the fucking mum was pregnant with a kid who was sitting at that table. How does that not get brought up? Yeah. How do you get through that? I have no idea. And keep going. So hang on, how did it happen? Like, was the, I mean, the, I'm assuming the fucking girlfriend was like into it. I've got to be honest with you, Charlie. You didn't ask me I wanted questions. more details. Yeah. But I felt like it was inappropriate to push for them. I need to know how the fuck that happens. I know. It's weird. I remember I met this girl when I was backpacking through Vietnam, really attractive Danish girl, backpacker. Mm. And um, she was a knockout. Looked like, you know, Anna Kornikova, that sort of, you know, just statuesque kind of Nordic beauty. She told me this story of um, she did an exchange to the States when she was 16. Uh-huh. Classic tale, you know, like, you know, the, this family have an exchange student and this 16-year-old gorgeous fucking, like, uh, Danish girl turns up. And she Sounds said, like American Pie. Well, exactly. She said that, like, um, it was... Uh, she their, their daughter had gone to Denmark and she had come there. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, she had a new mum and dad. And she said the father, like, immediately fell in love with her and was like you know, driving her everywhere that she wanted to go. Like, they would be out, like, she would be at a bar with, like, some girls from high school and the dad would turn up and be like, hey, you know, like, oh, what a shock. And she's like, you know, I had no idea you went to this bar. And, you know, offering to give her massages and stuff all the time. And she said she just managed, she managed to, she managed to kind of just, like, not make an issue of it, but, like, not entertain it at all. Like, you know, she would never get a massage or anything like that. And then she got this boyfriend, like a high school boyfriend, 16-year-old. Yeah. Dad tried to beat him up. Are you like, serious? Yeah, he came around for a barbecue and the, and, the, and the kid made some kind of comment. Not, you know, just like whatever. It's like a joke about, you know, the cooking or something like that. And the dad challenged him to a fight and they got into a wrestling stuff. Like he was losing his mind over this 16-year-old girl that was in his house. And then- Fathers are wrestling teenage boys in their backyard because they want to have an affair with their fucking Danish exchange, exchange student. student and gay people can't get married. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? It is totally she insane. Said, um, she said they when it was time for her to go home, the mum and dad drove her to the airport and as she was leaving, he broke down crying, fell to his knees and was like begging her to stay. And it was like, what is the wife doing the whole time this God. shit is going on? Like, and not only that... Have some self-fucking-respect, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way she was going to fuck you, dude. No way. And that doesn't... Girls aren't fond of begging. <laughs> if there's one thing that they're not attracted to, it's a guy who begs for sex. Yeah. I, Trust me! Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, you just don't see a lot of women walking past homeless guys going, oh, the way he's begging is really turning me <laughs> on right now. <laughs> I wish he had a place we could go back to. <laughs> Oh man! I just don't want to be. I mean, look, you know, we're laughing about it, but what that could, you know, what if that happens to be us? You know, what if one day you see a sixteen-year-old girl and you lose your mind because, you know, like biologically, 
I can understand it. It's just you, you, you would assume you learn self-control as you get older and fucking... I would exercise self-control. Yeah, totally. Like you but do, it, like I do at all stages but, but in self, my life. But self-control doesn't mean you don't want to. Like you could, Self-control means stopping yourself from doing what you want to do. But it's not totally. going to stop the fact that it's fucking with your head. I'm saying I don't want even the head fuck. I want to see all girls as being repulsive when I get to middle age so I don't act like a dickhead and fall to my knees and beg a 16-year-old girl not to leave. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to be fine because I think I'm going to hate myself enough. See, that's the thing you've really got to do. I think if you concentrate on, you know, really not liking yourself, yeah, and thinking why would anyone ever be interested in me, and you know, I'm if you get your self esteem so low, so low, there's no way that even if like you know, some sixteen year old girl was into you that you would even entertain the thought that she could be. Yeah, that's right. So it'd be fine. It's yeah. like a safety net. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. So I just I'm not it. wallowing in self-pity. I'm preventing myself from becoming a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> but then some dudes get away with it, you know? Like, I mean, Simon Cowell or, you know, these kind of fucking middle-aged bachelors who always seem to be going out with, you know, David Spade, these really young girls. I mean... Yeah, but they're not going out with really young girls. Like, no. I mean, yeah, they're all, I guess, like, you know, of legal age. Well, of they, age yeah, of early, early, early 20s, though. Yeah. I mean, well, back in the day, I mean, my mum was pregnant with me at 20. Yeah. Like, I mean... How much old is your dad? Uh, he turns 90 this year. Um, he turns how old? No. <laughs> Fucking hell, I was going to say. He's 68. Right. Uh, he was nine years older than her. Yeah, well, that's not that Um... No, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, back in the day, 20, 21, like, you're a woman. Yeah. You know, you're an adult at that age. So, like, you know, you're an adult who's making bad decisions if you're fucking David Spade. <laughs> but you are an adult. Yeah. And it is up to you. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. It's like the, the, the St Gilda school girl. Like, that's fucking insane, isn't it? I mean, the phenomenon of, of what that girl has done to the AFL. And I it's mean, like these guys can't control themselves. And it's I, like every time someone else comes out, like there's the players, the cop, and now, well, and then there was Ricky Nixon. Yeah. Like it's insane, isn't it? Like she is trouble with a capital T. I just, like, I forgive the, or not forgive, but I, I the first person doesn't know. The first person, yeah. Right? The first person to get bitten by a rattlesnake. Yeah. It's like, you know, it was a rattlesnake. And you know what the thing is? I'm not like trying to make judgments one way or the other no. of who was in the right or wrong. No, no. All I'm saying is... She she has proven that she can do damage. Yeah. Like if there was a pit in the ground yeah. and people kept falling into the pit, yeah. right? Even if it was the fault, not of the pit, but of the people who were not watching where they were going, yeah. right? I don't care who the blame is. All I'm saying is I would avoid that pit. Yeah. I would take the long way around... And not get anywhere near that pit, lest I not concentrate and fall into said pit. Yeah. It's bizarre. Like, I mean, human beings, sometimes you think that we've evolved, but then do such stupid things. But you know what it is? I think it's guys. Mm. I I mean, it makes... I mean, look, I am surprised that these guys keep sort of like falling into the pit. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, at the same time, I'm not surprised because guys are so fucking dumb when it comes to girls or sex, you know, or ego. Like... Fuck, man, like, you want to manipulate a guy, just play to his ego. Like, either his, you know, his sense of kind of machismo or, or you know, sexual prowess, and they're like, go see Red or say nothing. They just go fucking dumb. Oh, yeah, well, but that's the thing. Guys will believe that, like, the flight attendant who has been paid to be nice to you 
actually really likes you. Yeah. Guys will go to strip clubs. Strip clubs, yeah. And like go, I don't know, I think she actually really, really likes me. Yeah. Like. Is there there any way to tell, like, at a strip club, if a stripper genuinely likes you? If she doesn't charge you. That's (laughs) That's what I imagine. If she gives you a dance for free. Yeah. I'd imagine that means... She likes you. I, you know, I could never be a stripper because I find Why? it hard. Well, I find it hard to pretend to pretend to like people. Like you're an actor, Charlie. I know you could easily be a stripper. It's just acting with no clothes. Yeah, I guess. you did satisfaction. You acted with no clothes, huh? Yeah, but that's because I know I'm like the person opposite me is also an actor. Like it's, I don't. I imagine it's much more of a. Um, it's more of a manipulation. Like when you're acting, I don't think you're necessarily trying to manipulate. Like that is a thing. It's a tactic you do when you're yeah. acting, try and get status in a scene. But it's all about manipulation. It's all about having kind of like, you know, playing the same thing of flirting and, you know. But, but if you're acting, you're manipulating your audience. Good point. Like, but, you know, like the whole point of acting, that, that's what acting is. Stripping. <laughs> no, they, they, no, but I mean, I, this is my thing. It's, cause I'll, I'll it's have, a whore's profession. I'll have mates who, who will like go... Um, I I can't go to a strip club yeah. because I know they're just pretending. Yeah, yeah. That's, right? I'm, I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Okay. Right? Now, I, I can come up with like a range of valid reasons why you might not want to go to a strip club. But to me, that is not one of them. Why not? Well, I'm a stand-up comedian. Like, I go out on stage and... Try to. I pretend that I'm having a great time. I may well be having a great time, but like, no matter whether I am or not, I go out there and pretend this is the greatest night of my life. That I want everyone to have a really good time. I do my best job to try to please them to make sure they feel happy and feel excited, yeah. whether I on the inside am feeling it or not. Yeah. Like you know, there are plenty of nights when you are feeling it, but there are other nights where you know you're just doing your job because the audience isn't working for you or whatever. But yeah, and so I. I'm like, well, as long as they're pretending and as long as I'm getting the joy of pretending, do I really... Is there people sitting there going, I wonder if he really thinks we're a great crowd. Exactly. I wonder if he really is happy to be in Adelaide. But it's a... I mean, you're talking about two levels of manipulation. A guy on stage telling jokes, talking to a group of people or someone sitting in their underpants on your lap looking you in the eye and telling you you're sexy. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's more understandable that, you know you would confuse the two. And I think when yeah, when I say that like I don't like being manipulated, what I I guess what I'm referring I guess what I'm reacting to is the fact that like guys go thinking that you know, there are guys who go there and think that every stripper wants to sleep with them. Hmm. And it's like, well, I just don't want to lump myself in with those fucking dudes. It's very it's very pretentious, isn't it? Right. So you're not judging the strippers at all. Judge, yeah, you're no, judging the other clientele. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. That's what I judge. I don't you don't want to be part of a club that would have them as a member. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that's true. That's true. Like I kind of, that's part of the reason I don't really like going to strip clubs is I look around at the other guys and they go, what are you dirtbags doing in here looking at naked ladies? And then I get a $20 bill. <laughs> no, but like I don't. Oh I, yeah, you know, I do. I do. I do know what you mean. Like I don't, and not even necessarily about strip clubs. But I have often found myself in a movie or at an event or whatever where I am looking crowd. around going, what are you people doing here? Yeah. When I'm like, well, you're here, yeah. idiot. Who yeah. are you to judge? I used to, like when I first moved to Sydney and I'd walk around Bondi and I'd be like, 
don't you fucking people have jobs? Yeah. What do you do that you can just come down to the beach and go for a swim in the middle of the day? What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, they're probably all actors, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just like I, the you, amount of times pathetic. I have ranted and raved like, why is there always so many people around in the middle of the day? Like, well, I was staying at a hotel uh, in LA and um, uh, called The Standard, which has a pool, which is kind of kind of popular pool just for people to come and hang out by. Yeah. And so I had a, a room that like looked out onto the pool. And so I'd get up in the morning to do some work or whatever. And there would be people there at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And they would sunbake through until 6 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, my God. Do you not have jobs? Yeah. What are you doing? But what I'd realized was I had sat in a hotel room looking out at a pool for... <laughs> the boy in the glass door. Eight hours. Tower. <laughs> yeah, I was here. That's right. <laughs> the boy in the ivory tower. <laughs> Uh, but could they not have been guests of the hotel? They probably were guests. No, like a lot of people just come in in the morning, set up. Wow. Yeah, that is. So and you just can hang out. So you can just go and hang out by there if you're beautiful. Uh, so I can't go. I can't go. <laughs> <You> can't. <laughs> They're not going to let you in. Go away, monster! <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> you can get in Halloween if you convince people it was a costume. <laughs> They're pouring boiling oil from the top floor. <laughs> <as I approach. laughs> steady, steady, release. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Hollywood, uh, here's some good news for your acting career, uh, Charlie. Uh, there's an article that I found online uh, that says of the movies that are being made in 2011, that 27 of them, 27 movies, will be sequels. Yeah. 27 movies. Which is the most... The most ever. Ever, yeah. Are sequels. Do you want me to run you through some of them? And you can tell me whether you think they were... Worthy of Worthy sequel. of a sequel. Okay, go. Or if you're waiting for the sequel. Okay, go. Or if you've even seen the original okay. film. There's a lot of answers. Well, okay. that's fine. We can right. freestyle around it. Okay. I don't think anyone's going to sit at home with a piece of paper and three boxes <laughs> next to each thing and tick them off. Okay, let's we go. We can just get the gist. Hit the list. All right. Uh, nine are second movies. So nine are like the second movie sequels. Uh, Cars 2. Didn't see the first. Oh, okay. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2, Roderick Rules. Uh, the trailer looked really good and the reviews were good. So yeah, I'm for that. And it's a kid's film. So yep, yeah, I approve. right. I, I just can't imagine that a movie called Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Based on like kids' books. Oh, popular. okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's not like just the worst title ever. <laughs> Diary of a Loser. <laughs> Film you don't want to see. The loser sequel. movie for losers. <laughs> Only losers would see this. Part two. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the Hangover Part two. Yeah, you know what? I actually thought that was a bit overrated, the first one. I thought it was okay. I love Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. But, eh, I don't know. I just I hate Bradley Cooper. You know how you talk about Jennifer Garner? Yeah. He is the male Jennifer Garner. Right. Well, you would have hated the first couple of series of Alias when they were in that together. Oh, wow. No, I don't mind Jennifer Garner. <laughs> oh, that's right. But we you, you we would have hated it. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been like uh, Statler and Waldorf yeah. sitting there going, This is terrible. Yeah. How terrible. Oh, I, I, I disagree, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So um, Hangover Part 2. You'll probably not be seeing that. Happy Feet 2. Yeah, Happy Feet's a fucking weird film, isn't it? It is a weird it's film. It's such a weird film. And I just can't there believe was, it made so much money. There was times during it where I was just like, what is this again? Yeah. 
What is like, it? Like, is it a musical? Is it or like, is it an animated film? Or, or? is it like a, an atheist uh, metaphor? Yeah. Because it came under fire, didn't it? As, peop- as people saying it promoted um, atheism. Because everyone in that tribe had to believe in, like, you know, this whatever. And this, because this one guy, you know, the nonconformist who could dance and not sing, it became this uh, metaphor for, like, you know, you don't believe in higher powers, you believe in yourself. I think that um, there was also quite a lot of debate around that time about that uh, documentary movie, March of the Penguins. And no, this is true. I think it's an angry joke. Uh, No, no, no. And people were equating these penguin sort of parables or metaphors to like broader belief systems because the March of the Penguins, which I think had been narrated by Morgan Freeman in that one-off narrating job. (laughs) But he never does. Um, A real stretch. He... uh, um, uh, that had become a real uh, thing for the religious right because penguins mate for life. So it was uh, meant to be this story about, like, you know, monogamy. There's and no gay penguins. That's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So do you think the film was like a reaction to that? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, possibly. I don't know. Okay. But it could okay. have been. Yeah. Well, I'd see. I mean, I only saw it on TV. It's not like, uh, you know, musicals and animated penguins, not my thing. Yeah. Uh, neither is it saying the word penguin correctly. Oh, did I say it? Yeah. Fuck. You did. <laughs> Charlie has one of the weirdest speech impediments of all time. And look, I am not one to uh, cast aspersions because I slur, I stammer, I misuse words all the fucking time. So, yeah. But I, yeah. But you have, you you speak quite well, but you have one word (laughs) that you pronounce in a way that nobody else on the planet does. It's my kryptonite. Yeah. You can go back and hear it because, uh, uh, now that I'm conscious of it, it's hard yeah. to do. But I always thought the word penguin yeah. was pronounced penguin. Penguin. <laughs> and Will uh, and, and Gemma and, Will and Will's girlfriend discovered this when we were away one year and we we're down at Phillip Island. And I said, oh, let's go see uh, the fairy penguins. <laughs> and it was like the record scratched. Everyone in the bar turned around. And they're like, what did you just say? And I was like, penguins. Yeah. And they're like, you realize it's penguin. <laughs> and the weird thing is I had no how the word, word spelt. But in my head, it was pronounced penguin. Yeah. And so now I've worked really hard to overcome my speech yeah. impediment. But when I'm not thinking, like yeah. then... Just slips out. I say penguin. Yeah, little penguin. It's in. so weird. I know. I don't know what... It's I... like every time you do it to it, it sounds like you have a mini stroke. <laughs> penguin. Penguin. Like <laughs> 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 powering down. Penguin. Yeah, penguin. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. weird. All right, so... Um, I'm, like okay. the, I'm like that chick who was on YouTube, the, the news reporter who could oh, speak for... Yeah, who had the, the migraine with stroke-like oh, symptoms. Okay, was it not funny? No, no, no. We're, we're allowed to joke about it? We're allowed to joke about it. At the start, people thought she had a stroke. Yeah. Weren't allowed to joke about it. Yeah. Uh, then it turned out she just had a migraine that presents itself with stroke-like symptoms. But she's okay. Totally fine. She'll be fine. What a stupid bitch. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, hoodwinked. Don't know what that is. Hoodwinked 2. It's spelled T-O-O exclamation mark. I have no idea what that is. Hoodwinked 2. Sounds animated. Uh, Hood versus evil. Hood versus evil? Yeah. Is that like the Dave Lyons TV series has gone feature length already? (laughs) No, he wasn't the hood. He was the cape. (laughs) I don't know how you can get get the hood and the cape. (laughs) Confused, I Charlie. think he wears a hood, doesn't he? He does, yeah. but he's called the cape. For the f- He also wears a cape. For the five people who have seen that show and yeah. what we're talking about, it's an awesome joke. Yeah. Um, I think that's all part of the one title now that I read back. Okay. I think it's Hoodwinked 2, Hood versus Evil. Oh, uh, yeah, because I was wondering why there was two hood. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's right. Oh, and Hood 
versus evil. That's a play on good versus evil. I've just worked that out. <laughs> All right. Uh, Johnny English Reborn. No, they're making a sequel? That's the Rowan Atkinson, uh, James oh, Bond spoof. Was it good? No, I don't know. It Probably not. <laughs> I can't imagine why it would be. <laughs> probably not. Well, it made a sequel. Yeah, fucking. Well, probably made money. Yeah. All right. Rowan Atkinson never quite broke, did he? Not in the USA. No. Like Mr. Bean was pretty big, and the Mr. Bean movie yeah, was pretty I just, big. Yeah, I thought I always, I thought he was going to do it. I mean, they yeah, gave him a couple of chances, and he could have been like a Ricky Gervais. Definitely, he was. I mean, he's he's amazingly talented. Um, Kung Fu Panda Two. Yeah, of course, that made a shitload. Yeah, I've seen Jack Black down at the gym working out. Obviously, getting in shape. Kung <laughs> Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda has the same hands as mine. Like yeah, when you watch totally. the film, look at his hands and look at the photo of mine. Oh, wow. this is a brilliant... Okay, so uh, Piranha 3D came out this year. Oh, yeah, I didn't see it. It was good. Apparently, it was a great use of 3D. Uh, mostly, they made the boobs in 3D. Yeah. So, what do you think the uh, sequel to Piranha 3D is going to be called? 3DD. Piranha 3DD. <laughs> That's fucking excellent. Uh, and Sherlock Holmes 2. Uh, so, that's your... Yeah, uh, the Sherlock Holmes 2 has a name, though. Uh, well, okay. That's a really lame name. I actually... Read about that today. Hang on, keep going. What's what else is there? Is it Sherlock Holmes two? What's on TV? Or like you know something? What's on the table? What? It's a play Watson. on what's on. Uh, right. What's on? Sherlock Holmes two. What's on the that, that, that sucks. Well, you said it sucked. I was trying to think of ones that sucked. I wasn't trying to think of good ones. No, no, no. Because then you would have gone. It's an awesome title. There's a there's a new there's a new. It's a, keep going. Keep reading. Stuff okay. Look this up. Uh, deeper cut sequels will be well represented all the way up to number eight. Uh, there'll be the highest number of fourth movies ever, telling five. What? Uh, Mission Impossible, yeah. Ghost Protocol, Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, On Stranger Tides, yeah, Scream Four, yeah, Spy Kids Four, Spy Kids are still making those all the time in the world. Uh, the what? Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn. What's up with the, the the subtitles in films these days? Is that a marketing thing? It must be. I guess so. Seems unnecessary. They, I reckon it's because they want to have the original title in the title. Yeah. So you don't want to bring out... Um, uh, but even but even with the... Twi- f- you don't want to bring out like Breaking Dawn or whatever the Twilight movie's called. Um you have to have the Twilight Saga, so people are like, oh, it's Twilight, it's a Twilight yeah. movie. Yeah, but they do it with like films that are like G.I. Joe, was G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra, and that's yeah. the first in the series. So, I mean, you must, they must, is it, they're just planning for sequels. I, I don't know, that's a stupid name. Sherlock though. Holmes is called uh, A Game of Shadows. No. That's pretty That might be about puppetry. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be excited, Charlie. You'll yeah. be first in line. That's right. Robert Downey Jr. doing shadow puppets. He'd be fucking good at that. Solving crimes. <laughs> he'd be good at that. Yeah. What, because he's, he's a good actor? Yeah, because he'd be, be able to do shadow puppets. And voices and stuff. He probably would be good at it, actually, <laughs> to be honest. Hi, DJ. Um, all right. Uh, number five in the series. Mm. Fast Five. Yeah. That'd be the Fast and the Furious sequel, I yeah. imagine. They've had the guys who name those films have had the hardest fucking time because it was Fast and the Furious, yep. then Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, either throw. Right. Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Drift. And then what was the last one was just Fast Furious? And now it's Fast Five. Yeah. The last one was Fast Furious. Yeah. Which is like I'm not even trying anymore. Fast, fast. Furious. <laughs> what what will people remember? 
Yeah, it's true. But they've mixed it up a bit. I appreciate that. Fast yeah. Five. Uh, final Destination Five, ironically. Because you'd imagine if it was the Final Destination. It's like a never-ending story, but yeah, too. <laughs> exactly. Um, Puss in Boots. Okay. Puss in Boots. Right. Oh, that would be the Shrek cat. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I've never, never seen that Shrek cat. But. I think I think in about the third movie they killed a horse, and in the next ones they've just been flogging that fucking horse. <laughs> Do you know how I, I loved the first couple of Shrek films, but there was just a point where I was just I, like, I, really? I hated the Shrek films, and I actually can judge the kind of woman I dislike like Shrek movies. Really? Yeah. Girls who like Shrek, I don't like because they all are a certain type and they think that that cat, when the cat does the eyes, is so cute. You should start a Facebook group. (laughs) That is the exact sort of thing that Facebook groups were designed for. I hate chicks. I hate chicks who don't like Shrek. Oh, no, I hate Shrek. Shrek. (laughs) Yeah, I hate chicks who like Shrek. (laughs) By Charlie, age 33. Um, all right, Pussy Boots. Uh, X-Men? Yeah. First Class, although that's that's more a prequel. Yeah, that looks good. Have it does look Have good. you seen the trailer for that? I have seen the trailer for that. It yeah. does look good. January Jones. And Rose Byrne oh. in the one film. Oh. Yeah. If they make out fucking Black Swan style, oh. I'll be very happy. All women in films should have to have one Black Swan scene. Yeah. Just one. I, yeah. You don't even have to put it in the film. Just put it on the Blu-ray. If that film had been that scene on loop for two hours... Mm. I, I would have seen it. Never left the fucking <laughs> I would have actually gone out and seen it. But it isn't, so I haven't. Okay. Um, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. What? A sequel? Mm. Well, they're rebooting number it. F- Is it a gritty reboot? It's number five. There's been five Winnie the Pooh films? Apparently. Maybe it's an origin story. Haven't they made... Of like, Winnie the Pooh. Haven't they made like zillions of Winnie the Poohs though? Like over, since, you know, the 30s and 40s? I don't know. I'm, I'm just going off you're this not, article I'm reading. You're not up on your poo. No, I'm not. I'm a little anal retention. Uh. <laughs> Although the person who's writing the article uh, says, um, I, I initially read this as X-Men First Class Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Wolverine, you've got a new partner. This is Winnie. Hello. <laughs> Wolfie and Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> And they discover a Winnie the Pooh in some sort of like, you know, below ground cage match. Yeah, fighting right. people for honey. <laughs> he's stuck in the cage. He's trying to get through the cage, but he's too fat. He gets stuck. Um, and one, uh, we've got two seventh movies. Yeah. Uh, the Muppets. Oh, yeah, right. There's a new Muppets film. Fuck, I'll definitely go see that. And uh, Rise of the Apes. Which is the, oh, the, Planet the Planet of the, of the Apes, Apes reboot? Reboot, which is a prequel again. I think Rise of the Apes. It's yeah. It's like a yeah. It's a prequel. That's it's right. a prequel. It's about how the monkeys took over. Yeah. Fuck, brave director to go near that since the Tim Burton one. Yeah. Uh, and one mighty eighth entry: Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows oh my God. Part Two. I don't. Are you into Potter at all? Uh no. Have no. You, have you read any of the books or anything? No. Have you seen the films? No. None. No. Okay. I think I've seen half of the first one. Yeah. And maybe like snippets. They all seem to be the same film. I mean... I, 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 look, I've listened to um, uh, them talk about it on Smodcast. It's pretty funny. And I like have picked up things like Quidditch and yeah. Dumbledore and like, you know... 
Forgeticus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hermione. Like, I, I kind of feel like I could bluff my way through yeah. knowing what Harry Potter is. Yeah. You know, and the, and the movies are always called things like, you know... Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... I, I, Harry I, Potter and the Festering Penis or the <laughs> Dungeon of Shame or the Cardboard Box of Puppets. I can't... I um, kind of think... I don't know, fantasy is just not like that and Lord of the Rings. Because they're kind of... We just said they're both fantasy. Yeah. Wizards and toadstools and witches and magic and shit. That's never really grabbed me. Did you ever ever read like Enid Blyton, like the Magic Faraway yes, Tree? Magic Faraway Tree is like yeah. one of my favourite books for yeah. being a kid. It's just... I love the... So you're awesome for moon-faced people living up a tree. Yeah. Just not people going on long walks to fucking throw rings in oceans. Yeah, I mean, having said that, I did like the Narnia books, and I guess they're kind of fantasy as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I take that back. I just don't like Lord of the Rings mm. or the other one, Harry Potter. No, I was, I, 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 well, I was never a big Lord of the Rings fan. No. Um, did you read all the books, though? No. Is they're grueling? Yeah. No, and I don't like gruel. Um, I gave him a crack though, because yeah. I don't mind fantasy writing. Like I like Terry Pratchett. Like I like the comedy stuff. I love Douglas Adams. Yeah, and uh, I like Jasper Ford, and um, I really like a guy called David Eddings who wrote like you know Lord of the Rings esque sort of stories. Mm. Um, but I just I, I never really got into Lord of the Rings, and I didn't really like the films. I didn't like the films. Not really. Yeah, They're a bit too long for me. Yeah, they are long. That made me like it more because I could sort of visual... Well, obviously visualise. <laughs> I had visualised for me. Because yeah. uh, that, that was the thing about Lord of the Rings is, you know, he'd go into such minute detail about describing, like, forests, like nine pages describing yeah. the, the leaves on the trees. It's like... Get to the fucking dragon. action, mate. <laughs> yeah, like, we some fireballs or some shit. And exactly. Elven Get some fucking stuff. weird dude with a fucking ring calling it his precious. Get to the fucking battle scene. Yeah. Don't tell me about the fucking jungle, mate. <laughs> Can't see the fucking forest with the trees. <laughs> fucking Tolkien. Yeah, what did he know? Yeah, you're not getting paid by the fucking word. Who's laughing now, Tolkien? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's wind it up. All right. Boom, I've decided to own it. Yeah. It's going to be our son. Might as well. And, and much like the third Lord of the Rings film, we can start to finish. Yeah. People think it's going to finish, but then, no, no. Oh, we're gonna, oh, now we're going to plug the fucking website It'll, and tell you about Twitter. We just start singing in Elven, yeah. you know, like Vigo at the end of the film. is it's crowd. And then just the sound of us, like, rowing off in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, check out uh, tofop.com uh, for all your Tofop needs. It's linked to our Twitter and our Facebook and all those things. Uh, if you find anything funny in the show... Uh, there's a, a Twitter site called Tofop Quotes where you can put up the quotes and, um, you know, it is like finding a needle in a haystack. I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, those rare moments, that little speck of gold. When you stop vomiting enough. Yeah. <laughs> to write it down and post it on the internet, uh, we can read it back and go, oh, that was the funny bit. And not have to listen to the whole episode. <laughs> it's very handy. I really appreciate it. And how's the, and how's the show going? Oh, yeah, I'm uh, on tour with my Man vs. Will uh, show, so come out and, and see it. That would be that would be fun. And I promise that if I say you're the best crowd that I've ever had, I mean that. And it's not just some horrible stripper moment where I'm pretending to like you. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 